Welcome to the Boss Level. My name is Enigma, and I am taping this podcast again. <laughs> I, of course, am a 15-year industry veteran. I am a part-time Twitch streamer, game console collector, and lifelong gamer. Hope you're having a great week so far. And like I said, I'm, I, I taped one, got it in the can, got it all recorded, and uh, it's bloated, it's really long, and I go off on some tangents. Plus, uh, my second topic today, I, I've I, well, we'll get into it. I, I, I've got, I played some more Tears of the Kingdom, and I want to share more of an experienced uh, take on it because I've I've had a couple of you know a couple of play sessions here uh, off stream where I've played it a little more, and I can offer a little more background as to what I think about it. And I wanted to make sure I, I got that in the can while it was still fresh in my mind. So, hope you're having a great Monday so far. I do release these podcasts every Monday morning, so if uh, you are around and you like listening to stuff on Monday, I hope I can make your commute easier to go into class or go into work, and of course, uh, you know, I, I am a 15-year industry veteran. I talk about uh, you know gaming as a business as well as gaming as a fan, because I, I have got the unique perspective of uh, looking at it from both sides. Uh, I love video games. I have my whole life. And then at the same time, I had the opportunity to work in gaming for a long time as well on the retail side. So I can offer a little bit of perspective on that as well, probably a little more than the average bear. So uh, that being said, let's go ahead and get into the good housekeeping part of the podcast. First of all, as I said, I am a part-time Twitch streamer. You can find me on Twitch at Evil Enigma is also my Twitter handle. I would appreciate it if you'd give me a follow on both of those platforms. I am pretty um, active on Twitter during the week. I usually have a lot going on uh, at work, but at the same time, I, I try to take a couple of minutes each day to kind of pop in and say, hey, wish everybody well. So if you're uh, thinking that uh, you want to you know, you want to talk to me about the podcast, or you just want to pop in and say hi, feel free to do so. Just pop right in on my Twitter account and let me know that uh, you're there, and we'll, we can talk about whatever. You can tell me what you want to talk about on the podcast and uh, make suggestions. And at the same time, I, I, I try to put out funny stuff. I try to make everyone smile at least once per day. In my opinion, if I can make everybody smile at least once per day, then I feel like I've done something good in the world. There's way too much negativity out there. There really is way too much, and you don't have to go far to find it. But finding good news and finding positivity uh, can be difficult, and I, I always strive to do that for, for everybody. So uh, I do stream on Twitch on Friday nights and Sunday mornings. My deepest apologies to everybody this past Sunday morning as I'm taping this on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I could not stream this morning because I just was really, really, really tired. Uh, my my dog, Whiskey, uh, I've put pictures of him up on Twitter before. He's had some, for the last month or so, some real digestive problems. And I don't think it's anything serious, but uh, he got me up last night in, an, in the span of an hour three times to take him outside. And uh, I just didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> so the last thing I want to do is, is get on stream uh, where I can't entertain and I can't talk because I was just way too tired, you know, and I didn't want to be put anybody in that position. Uh, so I, I went ahead and just said, sorry guys, no stream. Uh, I will be back on uh, Friday and Sunday of next week. Friday nights, Sunday mornings, usually Friday nights between 9 and 30 Central Standard Time, whatever time I can get the boss to go to bed. And then uh, Sunday mornings, usually between 9 and noon, three hours each, usually I, I do. And, and uh, again, I apologize, I wasn't on this past week, uh, this past Sunday. Uh, I will uh, try to make it up. Whenever the, uh, the boss goes out of town, uh, I tend to take those nights and stream a little bit. So uh, next time she's out of town, I'll do a nice little stream for you guys uh, for for that, okay? So, and on top of that, of course, I am a content creator for the Kindred Knights as well as a full-fledged member of Team Dragonfire. And we have our own line of hot sauces at kindrednations.com. So if you go over to kindrednations.com, replace that uh, E in Kindred with the number three, and you can browse our wide selection of hot sauces there. I particularly am a very big fan of the uh, honey garlic fire sauce, which for me is saying something. I'm not usually one who likes sweet sauces, but the nice thing about that sauce is that it's sweet to begin with, and then uh, the reaper flakes in there kind of punch in the mouth afterwards. It's got a nice garlic taste too. It's a great sauce. Also like the night sauce. That's actually a nice savory, it's a little hot, but uh, it's it's a it's a good sauce as well. But there's there's a couple of sauces uh, that they just put out. I know my friend Grizzly, who uh, got me involved with the Kindred Knights, 
uh, he got his own sauce. So uh, bacon berserker sauce. I have not had the opportunity to have it yet, but if it tastes like bacon, I can tell you I'm already a fan of it. So, uh, you know, maybe one day I'll get my own hot sauce. We'll see what happens. But uh, go over there, check out the, the line of hot sauces. And if you do decide to do that, go ahead and enter the code ENIGMA, the way I spell it, E-N-Y-G-M-A, when you check out. You'll get 10% off your order, and that will really help out my content creation here on the uh, the internets. Uh, it will help my Twitch channel, and it will also help me provide you know, provide me with uh, stuff for the podcast, guys. I know a lot of folks think that uh, content creation is easy and it's cheap, but it really isn't. Uh, this microphone I'm using right now is, uh, I spent over $100 on it, so that's not a cheap microphone. <laughs> so seeing a little bit of return on some of the uh, stuff that uh, we, we spend to actually try to create good content for you guys would, would be great. Uh, that being said, I don't expect anything either. I am not a beggar I don't, or anything like that, but I really uh, I do appreciate everyone who subs and uh, to my, my Twitch channel, and I do appreciate everyone who buys the hot sauce. Uh, with my discount code. If you do buy with my discount code, do me a favor and uh, take a picture of you with your sauce or what you're putting it on and uh, tweet that out to me and I'll go ahead and share that out to everybody that I, uh, follows me. And if I know Team Dragonfire, Kindred Nations, and the Kindred Knights, they're going to share that out as well so people can see that, hey, look, hot sauce is good stuff, okay? So go ahead and do that. I would appreciate that. All right, so we got our housekeeping out of the way. We have two topics in particular to talk about today. Uh, the first topic is going to be about the Summer Games Fest. I know we talked about that last week, uh, but something we have a we have a new contender. There's a new challenger here with the Summer Games Fest, and as I expected, and as I said last week, I believe I said it last week, uh, Sony has entered the building. They are going to have a presentation at Summer Games Fest. At least they're doing it a full week before Summer Games Fest. So, uh, wow, I'm kind of shocked they're doing that. They're not doing, uh, they're, they're not uh, sticking, sticking their nose in there with everybody else. They're just going ahead and, and putting themselves out there to get a, uh, you know, to, to get a jump on everybody. It's actually going to be Wednesday of this week. Uh, they're going to do a Sony PlayStation uh, presentation online and again as i said last week the reason why they do these is because it's cheaper for them to control the narrative themselves put out what they want to put out not have to go through journalism or journalists i should say who don't always have their best interests in mind and then they're going to uh, be able to put that out a lot cheaper it's a lot cheaper for them to uh, rent out a studio put up a bunch of videos and and do it that way as opposed to paying for booth space, paying for logistics, paying to make stage stuff at a convention, all those different things work into it. You know, the, the union help that has to go into it. Uh, the guys, that stuff's really not cheap. We're talking six to seven digits to get that stuff going as opposed to them taking maybe, you know, 20, 20 grand, if that, to go ahead and make an hour-long presentation and put it out there. So Sony's going to have a presentation this Wednesday. The question is, what are they going to show? Uh, rumor has it that we're going to see Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac, and that's supposed to be out this holiday. And I would not be shocked if that was true. Spider-Man is really hot right now. Uh, there's a there's a big, uh, if, you're, if you're a big MCU fan, I don't think I'm speaking out of school here to say that the last Spider-Man movie has been the best uh, MCU film since Endgame. I don't think I, I, I'm exaggerating there at all. I, I do believe that No Way Home is far better than anything else Marvel has put out. And technically Marvel didn't put that out. Sony did. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Spider-Man 2 out by the end of the year. I read a rumor as well that Wolverine is supposed to be out this year too, also by Insomniac. I don't think that's going to happen because uh, if you look at the type of audience both of those games appeal to, that is going to divert, that's going to slice the audience in half. No pun intended, Wolverine fans. Uh, it's just not going to happen like that. They're going to put one out this year. If Wolverine is that close to being done, that will be out next year. It might be the year after that. It's not going to come out around the same time as Spider-Man because that's going to dilute the audience. It's just it, it's it's the same reason why they don't release Mario and Zelda games in the same time frame for the same three months. They don't. Nintendo doesn't want to dilute uh, the sales from one to benefit the other because the same audience for the most part buys a big part of the same audience buys both Mario and Zelda and the same big part of the audience will buy that buys Spider-Man will buy Wolverine but if they make you choose between the two not everyone's got 150 bucks to drop on two games so it wouldn't surprise me to see one of them out I'm guessing Spider-Man will be first 
And, uh, of course, there's a, if we're playing into the MCU uh, reasons as well, Wolverine out around Deadpool 3 time when Hugh Jackman's returning for Deadpool 3. Sounds like that's a pretty good idea to me, doesn't it? So, doesn't it to you? I, that's what I would say. Uh, I'm sure they'll both be fantastic games. I, I, but I, I would be shocked if we didn't see at least one of them coming out this year. Sony is riding really high right now. Their, their, their console is really blowing the doors off of everybody. And uh, the, some of their games they've been releasing lately have been selling really well, like you know, Gotta Wear Ragnarok and things like that. So don't be shocked to, uh, to see them try to grease up the wheels a little bit to try get that game out a little faster. If they had to throw a little bit more money at it, they, they uh, will definitely make sure that game is out, I would say, before, before the holidays, before November. I've, I've read September as a release date. That might be a little early, but uh, Sony also might be thinking to just get it out the door before... Uh, all the hubbubaloo happens for Christmas and October and November because that that's a uh, a sticky wicket, as they say in the UK. October and November is a sticky wicket of releases. They don't like to fight each other, but a lot of them do. I can I I know I've talked about it before, but I could I have vivid memories of the last Tuesday before Halloween being the worst release day of the entire bloody year. Because no one wanted to release at the same time as Call of Duty and Battlefield and Halo and Gears of War. So they all decided to release that Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So you'd have like 15 games coming out. I, I, I wanted it was one year there was Fable. I think there was a Final Fantasy. And there was just all these. And WWE. And just these games just all dropped on the same day. And uh, it was a royal pain in the keister. Let me tell you. It was a royal pain in the keister. But uh, Sony might just be thinking just to get it out the door, uh, not worry about the October and November rushes, not even going to get involved with Starfield or anything like that. They just want to get it out the door and uh, have it on the shelf by the time for uh, Thanksgiving. Because as we know, as I've talked about before, you want to make sure that your best games are out before Thanksgiving because Black Friday happens the day after Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving. My apologies to everybody else out there. American Thanksgiving. You want to make sure your game is on the shelf the day after American Thanksgiving, which is Black Friday. And uh, that way you'll sell a heck of a lot more of those games, especially if they have a, have a little sale on it, you know, 10 bucks off or something. They will move a lot of copies in time for the holiday. So we wouldn't be shocked at all to see that happen. Uh, otherwise, I've read Ghost of Tsushima 2 is not going to be there. They, I wouldn't rush that if I were them. There, you know, Ghost of Tsushima was a, was a, in my opinion, probably the best game from last generation. I just love it so good. Uh, they don't need to put the pedal on the gas for that. Uh, I would actually, if if it were me, if I were in charge, not that I am because I'm not, but if I was, I would advise them. I would advise Sony to uh, kind of take it easy with that one. Make sure they get it right because uh, they've created a really, really great franchise with that. And if they are not careful, they could quite honestly uh, poison the well. And they don't want to poison the well by releasing something too early. We've seen it happen before with other games where a really popular game is released. And uh, they do a sequel. They rush the sequel out. They don't take their time with it. They're just trying to strike while the iron is hot. And then the sequel is actually not as good. And it ends up, uh, no, I mean, not as good, but it's bad. And it ends up destroying the franchise. And they don't want to do that with Ghost. They want to make sure that they uh, take care of that. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me not to see that. Maybe we'll see a video on it, an announcement video. You know, the one more thing. They always have that little main event there at the end where they say, Oh, before we go, let's show off something that we're working on that's going to come out in the next you know, two years or, you know, whatever, uh, that might not be, uh, out of school to say that that's very possible that they could release something around that window. That would not be shocking. Otherwise, uh, you know, Sony's been kind of quiet on the development and publisher acquirement front. Uh, not that I am a fan of any of them doing it, but Microsoft's been dominating the press right now with the problems they're having with the acquisition of Blizzard or, uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, there's a lot of problems they're having right now. Uh, being, I think in the UK, there's a they've, they've uh, filed some sort of antitrust law against it, and uh, they've managed to also file. I know here the the SEC in the United States has also filed something against it as well. So uh, 
I, I don't know if it's going to go through or not. Chances are Microsoft's got enough money. They can grease enough palms. They'll, they'll get it done. Uh, but I, again, I do not like it when one big publisher gobbles up another big publisher. I, I personally don't like it. Uh, it never works out well for the gamer, the consumer, because it gives you less choice. And I am not about less choice. I want there to be more choice for you. I want there to be more choice for me. Uh, it bugs me that people who want to play Starfield and who own a PlayStation 5 will not be able to play it. It does bug me. Uh, now, you're going to say, yeah, Enigma, but what about God of War? What about, you know, Forbidden or uh, Horizon Forbidden West? What about those games? You know, why come Microsoft can't play those? And you're right. But the truth is, those were Sony homegrown beforehand. They didn't make those games and then Sony bought the, bought the, the, uh, the, the publisher, uh, those games were being, were made by, by, uh, development houses that were already owned by Sony. So yeah. And Nintendo makes a, a living off of it, but everything that Nintendo puts out, they almost develop in house. It seems these days, uh, maybe not exactly, but I, I would just, I, I don't like less choice. I want there to be more choice for you as a, as a gamer and more choice for me as well. Uh, granted that being said, and I honestly, truly hundred percent mean this as well. I'm begging Microsoft to release something to give my Xbox a workout. Uh, I've tried Redfall. It's not the worst game I ever played, but it's dang sure not the best game I ever played either. There's a lot of problems with it. Uh, I know what they were aiming to do, but, uh, I'm not a fan, not, not a huge fan of it. Uh, I really don't like the uh, limited ammunition and, and things like that, limited money, things like that. But uh, getting back to Sony here with their presentation next week, and I, I'll do my next podcast will cover what they what they do here. We already know they they had a, a presentation for Final Fantasy 16. Um, that's going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. I'm sure they will have some sort of reveal of a character or reveal of something to do with that game during the presentation just simply because they are in such good graces with Square Enix and Square Enix is in good graces for, with them. In fact, don't be surprised if this is one of those situations where Sony says, hey, let's welcome our newest company under the PlayStation umbrella, Square Enix, because the rumor has been for a long time that Square Enix has been uh, pimping themselves for... Uh, acquisition by Sony that they've really tried. That's why they sold off the, all their Western development houses and uh, well that and because of uh, the loss they took from all their Western developed games. Uh, a lot of them anyway, which is, is sad because that means Square Enix no longer owns Tomb Raider. They, they sold that to Embracer Group. So uh, Don't be surprised if that happens. I've read that uh, Sony is not uh, they can't afford it right now that uh, that's something that they definitely can't afford is to purchase a, a, a square enix rumor has it they've also been trying to purchase take two interactive which is probably worth five times more than square enix is to to be flat out honest with you uh i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon that would be one of those splashes and situations where i would look at it with like hmm if Microsoft's not allowed to buy Activision Blizzard, I can't imagine the SEC allowing Sony to uh, buy Take-Two Interactive because uh, Take-Two is much bigger than a lot of people think. Uh, that's the I, I don't know if they own Rockstar, but they dang sure publish all of Rockstar's games. They also publish uh, a lot of the 2K games. They own the 2K series, so that would basically put them, if you take out football and European football, uh, that would pretty much mean they own the market on... Uh, baseball and basketball then uh, I don't know about hockey does does EA still make the best hockey game I don't know I'm not a hockey fan I haven't played a hockey game in decades but uh, quite frankly I can't to see them I can't allow, uh, imagine the SEC uh, uh, just giving Sony a pass to do that someone like Square Enix maybe Square Enix especially now is is not as big uh, you know, there's other people that they've been looking at as well. Possibly Ubisoft. I can't imagine Ubisoft being that expensive right now with all the problems they've been having on the inside with uh, you know, just labor conditions and all the garbage that's been going on with them. They really can't be that expensive. That, that that's Ubisoft is going to probably be purchased by somebody. I just don't know who it's going to be. And and the truth is, is there's a lot of fat they could trim at Ubisoft. I think. Uh, the problem we have with AAA gaming right now is everything's based off of a reboot, a remaster, a dedicated IP, or it's a sequel of some sort. 
And it's just simply because of the dedicated fan bases that are already there. And they're looking at the return on investment for hiring hundreds of people to program and do art and market and, and all these different things, guys. AAA gaming is not cheap. And uh, I, it's not like it used to be back in the day. I mean, as little as 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you you could have Capcom take a, a chance on an independent game to give it a little bit more money and give a little more shine to it, and they could put it out and see if they could turn it into something. That's uh, not beyond the realm of speculation. That's where a lot of games have really that are they're big came from that's where freaking borderlands came from it was not a game that uh had any sort of backing behind it it was just uh, a passion project for for somebody over at uh at uh, gearbox software they put it out take two slash 2k published it and now it's uh, it's a stone cold franchise but if but if they were going to do borderlands right now I don't think they could get it off the ground. I don't think they could get enough money or enough support to, to get it because it's new. And right now, game publishing is about return on investment as to what's already there. So you'll see companies pay a lot of money to make Spider-Man. You'll see a lot of companies pay to uh, release Batman. Or you'll see a lot of, of uh, these developers now wanting to say, well, you know, we made a lot of money off of our last game that was this, so let's do a sequel on it and we'll, we can continue doing our jobs, you know. Uh, it's kind of like how Hollywood has been with a lot of uh, movies where the movies that they make money off of, the big movies, the big blockbusters, your MCU films, your, your, your comic book movies, things like that, make money in order to fund the passion projects that everybody else does that win all the rewards every year that no one ever watches. Uh, but now there, it's just there's no passion projects anymore. There's nothing on the backside. It's all uh, your big, develop, you know, big dedicated AAA stuff that's already got a, a fan base set aside. And then if you'll see some of these these prize developers go off on their own and do stuff. If you look at like Ega and you look at uh, you know folks like that, they've they've left the companies where they were and they've founded their own little development houses and they're putting out independent games right now. So. That's kind of where we are with, with gaming, but uh, AAA gaming in particular. But I, I just don't know, you know what else we're going to see with the Sony presentation. I'm sure what they'll do is they'll start off with something hot, uh, Spider-Man or, or, or whatever. Uh, there will be a presentation about the stuff they're adding to the PlayStation Plus program. Uh, they are really hurting to get people involved with that, I'm sure. Because uh, it's now come out that those programs actually impact new game sales. And Sony has been trying to have their cake and eat it too in that situation where they don't release games that are brand new on their uh, platform, on their plus platform. Uh, like God of War Ragnarok is not there. The old God of War is, the first God of War is, but, but Ragnarok, the new one, is not there. It'll be there eventually. Maybe in a year, maybe in six months, maybe it'll, you know, maybe that's what they'll do. They'll say, "Hey, God of War Ragnarok's going to be on PlayStation Plus uh, Extra or whatever they call the big tier uh, in October." You know, they could do that, but they'll have a presentation about that. Uh, you know, that's something Microsoft's learning right now as well. Is they put all their stuff as day one releases on on the Game Pass, and it's not working out for them the way they thought it was. And uh, just like Sony getting involved with it's not working out the way they thought it was going to work for them either. So there's going to be some retooling. We're going to see a lot of retooling with these premium streaming services like Game Pass and like the PlayStation Plus program. Just simply because no one has the right formula yet. Uh, Microsoft has been trying to be the Netflix of gaming. The problem with that is, is that if I go on Netflix... 99% of the time, I spend more time looking for something to watch than I actually spend watching something. And I have looked on... I was a member of the of the PlayStation one for a little while. And uh, I actually looked at the library. And it was very much the same way. I was l looking through the library of games more so than I was actually what I was going to play. And I, I just... I don't see that being... With console gaming, it just doesn't make any sense. Because console gaming, it, to me... And, and from what I know about the console market is much more about mar circling a date on the calendar and you can't wait till your game comes out. Gosh, you can't wait. And when you have a service that's going to have it on there like that, then it doesn't matter as much. Then it's not as big of a deal because, oh, it'll be there. I don't have to worry about playing Halo Infinite the day it comes out. I can play it when I'm done with whatever. And it, it just loses that 
cool luster of playing it the first day. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Sony make some sort of announcements based off of uh, their their PlayStation Plus platform, new games that are coming to it. Uh, they won't tell you what's leaving, but they'll tell you what is going, what's, what's coming. Uh, who knows? You know, there'll be an independent presentation, usually like five or six minutes of a video about all the independent games that are coming out that they're being announced. There will be a couple of surprises, I'm sure. Sony has a very good relationship with a lot of Japanese developers, even though uh, their relationship with the Japanese is struggling right now. Uh, but they still have a good relationship with a lot of Japanese developers. So we'll see if uh, they they have anything cool to announce on that front. Uh, then at the end, there'll be one more thing. You know, They'll do their little, hey, by the way, before you go, here's this. And it'll be something that we've not seen before or something that we saw once and kind of disappeared. Uh Sony's got a lot to crow about right now, guys. They're, the PlayStation is riding high. PlayStation 5 is running high. Uh, they they have a lot to celebrate. So it'll be interesting to watch that presentation. I personally will watch it. And as I said, I will cover it here on the podcast next week as to what I saw, what I thought. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you guys, 100%. I'm not as big into the independent games as a lot of other people are. But I will still do my best to cover everything I possibly can and go over what I think about what has shown, what's going to sell, and what I'm really excited for. Because as a gamer, you know, I, I look at it as a business, but at the same time, I look at it as a fan too. I love gaming. So if they, if they show Spider-Man's coming up this September, I will that, that will be a date I circle on my calendar because I really want to play that new Spider-Man game. Uh, again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count on Wolverine coming out this year. I would say next year at the earliest. But we'll see. We will see. That being said, our second topic today is the reason why I'm re-recording this podcast. <laughs> I did a whole podcast based off of, uh, half of it based off of Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, now that I've had a chance to play it. And uh, I know I talked about it, I think it was last week, and I said I don't like Breath of the Wild. And I went through the reasons why I don't like Breath of the Wild. I've played it, I beat it, I put it away, and I really have no desire to play it ever again. That's the kind of thing. I tried to stream it one time, and ooh, well, we'll get it, and we'll get into that. But anyway, Tears of the Kingdom came out last week. I uh, I got it on Tuesday because I got lucky and managed to score a collector's edition and uh, from Best Buy, and they delivered it on Tuesday thereafter. So I ordered it on Friday, I got it on Tuesday. Go figure, right? But I got to play it Tuesday and a little on Wednesday, a little you know, a little here, a little there. I've had a chance to play it. But over the weekend here, I got to play some Saturday, yesterday. And I got to play some today. And I feel I can give a little bit of a uh, review on the game and what I think about it. And uh, it is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they kind of... They kind of dump you off at the very beginning where Link is like uber powerful and... and uh, you're exploring some ruins or something or another. And, uh, it, you know, it, it kind of feels a little disjointed at first. Like a little, I don't want to say odd, but it's it's just a little different. It's just, wow, okay, that's that's weird. Why are they doing it like that? And uh, But it's, uh, you know, the, the whole false finish thing. Uh, it's not long until all heck breaks loose and... You you get weakened back to your state and you know to to original state and you have stuff you have to take care of. So uh, it is open world, but uh, something you will notice at the very beginning of the game is there is a tutorial area. The floating island you start out you start out on is a it's a tutorial area. It is not an area that uh, is meant for huge exploration. I mean I'm sure there is stuff up there that I have, I never found. But the truth of the matter is, is that it is it is something that they mean for you to start to get used to the mechanics, basic mechanics of the game. Because the gimmick in this game, because we all know Zelda games always have to have some sort of gimmick. Um, ever since freaking Zelda Three, you know, Link to the Past, we've had a, we've had some sort of gimmick that is involved. And the gimmick here is Link's right arm. Uh, I won't spoil how he gets this right arm. You have to see it for yourself even though it happens at the very beginning of the game but the truth of the matter is is that link hits this right arm that's imbued with magical powers and magical powers comes magical responsibility but no um basically it's a um it's like a, a, a macguffin that allows you to move objects and build things 
And if I had to describe this word game in one word, it would be, this is what a Lego game would be like if it were in Legend of Zelda. There's a Lego Legend of Zelda coming out uh, packs that Lego's making. And uh, <laughs> it's that's basically what this is, is that they give you a whole bunch of stuff to play with. And it's up to you to figure out the right way to play with them to reach the desired area or goal that they want you to do. Uh, now, uh, again, with Breath of the Wild, a lot of things I didn't like about that game. I really couldn't stand the uh, motion controls. It was my number one really big issue. Uh, I didn't like the um, the weather, removing your uh, ability to explore in an open world game. And uh, I didn't like the weapon breakage in the middle of battle. I, weapon breakage I don't like at all, but I don't like it especially in the middle of a, of a fight where it makes you go to a menu and select a new item to fight with because it that interrupts gameplay it interrupts action and I don't I don't like that I've never liked that and uh, those have been my biggest complaints about Breath of the Wild especially the first two things the motion controls taking forever taking an hour to figure out the right way to move a controller to get a ball to fall the right way you know that's kind of just just bugs me just just absolutely bugged me. But then, you know, uh, the open world stuff where the, it's raining and all of a sudden, yeah, we're not going to let you climb these trees or explore. You have to go wait until the rainstorm is over. So randomly the game just decides to not let you explore. And to, to me, that's that's a bigger sin than anything, almost anything else in this game because the whole point of an open world game is that uh, you need to explore. Now, I will tell you exactly what happened with, with this game, with uh, Tears of the Kingdom, is I was playing it this week. I want to say it was Wednesday. And my girlfriend came in, who does not know a whole lot about video games. She knows I love Legend of Zelda, but I will... If she were here right now, she actually is in the other room, but she were here right now, she would actually say, I don't know anything about Legend of Zelda, so why don't you explain to me <laughs> what's going on here? And that's basically what happened is that she doesn't know a lot about Zelda and she asked me what do you think do you like it because she knows I was looking forward to the game and I said here's the difference between Nintendo and everybody else when it comes to game development it's an open world game now open world games used to be called sandbox games and uh, basically uh, started with games like Grand Theft Auto where it was a sandbox, they would dump you in the middle of, of Grand Theft Auto into the city, and you just run around and start grabbing stuff and having a good time and and uh, doing whatever you want to do is the whole point of, of what those games uh, were. And that's why they were called sandboxes, because you just like having a big sandbox in your backyard. You go build sandcastles and play with your toys and do whatever you want, and that, that was the whole thing of that. If Breath of the Wild were being developed by anybody else, like let's just say Electronic Arts, and I'm not saying that to be insulting to Electronic Arts, I'm just saying it because it's the first company that came to my mind. If, if Electronic Arts were doing Breath of the Wild, it would actually be more about the exploration factor in the game. It wouldn't do the things that Nintendo does it would be they dump you down they spend the first couple of minutes teaching you how to fight they teach you the first couple of minutes how to defend yourself etc 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 but it's always more about the exploration with uh with if ea were developing it ea didn't develop it nintendo did so what does nintendo do enigma i can hear you say nintendo wants to spend hours getting you used to the mechanics of the game that's why they have that big open uh, world uh, tutorial mode there at the beginning. That's exactly what they do. That is Nintendo uh, to a T. It's what it is. And that's what I told her, my, my girlfriend. Honest, we were talking about it. I said, this is exactly what Nintendo does. Is that they, it's, they want you to get more used to the mechanics of what's going on and how to do things. As opposed to just dumping you in the middle of the world and telling you to go have fun. And Tears of the Kingdom is exactly that. That tutorial level uh, with the floating islands there at the beginning is very much a, here, we want you to learn how to do this and how to do that and how to 
manipulate your hands and how to build things and and what you want we want you to build etc etc that's that's what tears of the kingdom is at the beginning of the game so it's got that uh intro level teaches you what to do and then they release you into the actual world uh proper where you actually are in hyrule and it is exploratory and all that but it does, at least from my vantage point right now, it does eliminate one of the three problems I had with Breath of the Wild, which is the motion controls. The motion controls are gone, thankfully, at least for me. I didn't. I've, if there's motion controls in the game, I have not seen them. I'm all about no motion controls because that's what really killed Breath of the Wild for me and why I didn't 100% Breath of the Wild because I got so sick of doing those shrines where it was just let's move this th this ball and let's do this and and it's it just uh oh, hated it hated it hated it hated it the other two things i still do uh weapons still break especially in the middle of battle and then uh the weather is still a factor in fact uh something that really bugged me as i was playing through the game is that i i ran and there was a, i was running to a, a a shrine and a lightning storm happened and then all this lightning just started raining down on me because i had a metal shield equipped and i was so mad that the game it just the game just kills you like that and and it's not because you're doing anything weird or goofy or cheating or anything like that you're just trying to get from point a to point b and the game kills you randomly for no reason and i'm not a big fan of that i'm not uh the weapon breakage still not a fan of it they do allow you to fuse weapons together and fuse things with weapons to add a little bit of durability but it's still going to be the kind of game where you are running along and you might be fighting three or four enemies at the same time and you might have to consume three or four weapons to kill those guys Big pain in the butt. Big pain in the butt. I don't like it. I, I still don't like that. Uh, is it better than Breath of the Wild? I don't know. I think they are both basically kind of the same thing. So all the people who were losing their minds over Breath of the Wild are probably going to lose their minds over Tears of the Kingdom because it is very much the same. And it kind of surprises me that it's very much the same because Miyamoto traditionally hates having the same gimmick twice he doesn't like to reuse the same thing over and over again uh that's why if you look at uh, mario games there's always new power-ups and there's always new things and and that's why zelda's gimmick changes all the time in this case if you turn if 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 i put breath of the wild up on the tv right next to tears of the kingdom the normal average joe probably could not tell you which game is which that's kind of surprising to me that Miyamoto would allow that to happen but if you sell 10 million copies in three days that kind of makes that pain go away in my opinion if you know what I mean I can tell you that I like the fact there's no motion controls in it more than anything I think that's from what I've seen so far it's that that's makes it a better game to me do I really think it's going to be a better game it's this is the way that they really kind of... It doesn't have the motion controls, but it does have a lot of the logic puzzles in their shrines that are really going to impact the way you play the game. Uh, where there might be... I'll tell you a, a, a great a great example. And, and this is something that Nintendo should have put into the game that they have not. Which is the ability or the, the notification that if you're entering a shrine that you don't have everything you need for it that they shouldn't they should tell you beforehand hey uh you are missing a power you are missing an item you are missing something from completing this and they don't do that and i, I ran to a shrine went into it and i was like what the heck do i do here i have no earthly idea and the truth of the matter is is uh i was missing the, the hang glider the uh the thing the hang glider thing I didn't have that yet, and so I had to have that to complete it, and yeah, I just wish they would have said beforehand, hey, Enigma, you can't do that, so go get, you're missing something, you need to get something before doing this, and they don't do that, so you can actually go into a shrine and sit there and look around like, what the heck am I supposed to do, and not realize that the reason why you're lost is because you have you don't have what you need to complete it. They do a good job of the exploration. They do a good job of that. I'm not. I'm not uh, saying that they don't. I, I do like that part of the game, and I I love games that allow you to explore. And and some open world games are some of my favorites, quite frankly. 
but uh, and and they do a good job with the exploration. But overall, there, there's just something about it that I know I'm not going to 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 really get into. And and it's it just comes down to yeah yeah I I went into it already thinking I wasn't going to like it because of my thing with Breath of the Wild. But uh, I've been proven wrong before, and I would definitely lo- love to be proven wrong here. But so far, it's been a difficult game to get into. Uh, it's I've heard some people compare it to a Souls game. I don't think it's quite as unforgiving as a Souls game. But uh, considering how you start out with three hearts, and uh, you get four hearts before you leave the tutorial area, and how difficult it is to get heart containers because you have to complete shrines for that, it's difficult. It's not simple. It's not easy to, to really get into. And, and that could be a big problem for a lot of people who want that the ability to run in and enjoy the game. And, and it makes it... And I, I realize that there's going to be a lot of people who say, hey, uh, and I've seen these folks before, oh, you don't like it because you're not any good at it. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying that it you're, you're putting a uh, artificial barrier in front of the normies to really get into it. If you make it too difficult. And it is a difficult game. But we'll see. Uh, I'll talk about it some more, I'm sure, once I, I get even farther into it and, and see what I think. I've got five heart containers now, so there's that. But uh, I've never been a huge fan of the game randomly telling you you can't explore because of the weather patterns. I've never been a big fan of weapon breakage overall. Uh, I don't like it in any game, including the World of Warcraft and, and things like that. I know why it's there, but I don't I don't like it. I don't like it in Diablo. I dang sure don't like it here. And I really don't like it when I'm in the middle of a fight. And a great example of what I'm telling you is that with the menu is the game The Witcher 3. The Witcher 3 has a side quest where, and I'm sure it's not the only one, but I vividly remember this, where you have to kill this demon, this ghost thing, and I think it's in a well, if I'm not mistaken. And even if you know how to do it, the game still physically makes you go in and read books you physically have to go and, and and find the right book and the right chapter in that book and read it. Maybe not read it, but you know, act like you've read it so you can actually beat that, that monster. And even if you already know how to do it, if it's your 50th time doing it, you still have to open up your submenu and go do it. It interrupts gameplay, and I, and, and, it, and I don't like that. It's just, no, that's not what it is. You shouldn't have to do that. And the same thing applies here with, with your weapon breakage. If you're using a stick and you break a stick over a moblin's head, you can... Now, they do have a quick menu for it. You can just, boop, here, I'm going to pick this up, item up instead, and you can go in there and, and do it that way. I, I don't mind that as much, but overall, it shouldn't happen in the middle of a fight. It really shouldn't, especially in the middle of a, a fight with one enemy, you know, where it's, it's you get half his health bar down, and then, oh, boom, yep, now you got to pick up something else, now you got to get something else. And that's not to mention also that... Uh, the fusing of weapons, you know, something that they really uh, want you to do is make a lot of rock hammers because rock hammers are just basic weapons with a rock at the end of it uh, where you can fuse a rock to a weapon and then you can use that to break down specific walls in the game and mine, which is actually kind of cool. But uh, they don't tell you ahead of time, oh, you can't do it with this weapon because this weapon's already been fused or you can't do it with this weapon because we don't want you to do it. So you might have a whole bunch of fused weapons in your inventory that you've picked up and I haven't realized it. You'll get to a wall that you want to break down, but you can't do it because you don't have a weapon that'll fuse to to uh, the hammer so or to, to the sword, uh, to the rock. So it just it's a pain, a little bit of a pain there. Um, I know I heard that David Jaffe was complaining about the way that the game looked. Uh, it to me it looks fine. It's that cell shaded. It looks exactly like. Breath of the Wild. It's got that cell-shaded, cartoony look to it. I don't mind that as much. Um, overall, I would just like to have seen them streamline gameplay a little bit. Make it to where, yeah, you know what? You have a sword. That sword's going to last you for a long time. And uh, when you break it, maybe we want you to take it back to a smithy and, and, and do that. And plus, uh, I know in the last game, in Breath of the Wild, they had you where you could randomly run around the kingdom and pick up actually pretty decent swords and, and, and shields and whatnot. Uh, that doesn't happen in this game. You pick up a sword in this uh, or an actual sword and then it's decla- it's decaying is what they say. And there's an excuse for it is that uh, since the calamity thing that's happened in the game, it's not calamity again, at least not different cal- calamity. Uh, all the weapons became decayed. So you are randomly running around and pick up a sword. 
uh, you find it's automatically going to be decayed at some point. It's going to last you for one, maybe two fights, and it's going to break. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't. I I will go to my grave saying that that sucks, I, and it does suck. It it's it's stuff like that that keeps me from giving the Zelda game. Even if I end up liking it in the end, it's not a perfect. It's not a perfect game. It's not that there's anything that's perfect, but it's not even going to be one of the better Zelda games because I it just it takes you out of the game to to do that and not to mention if you have a bunch of weak freaking weapons in your inventory and then you break them all over the head of a moblin uh all of a sudden you're getting chased by you know three or four moblins and you have nothing to fight with that's a problem that's a big problem and i i don't like that i don't like that at all so Overall, uh, so far, I, I think it might be a little better than Breath of the Wild, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's the best thing of all time or or that it's great or, hey, yeah, go out and buy it right away. It, it might be great at the end, but as of right now, it uh, it's pretty much the same as Breath of the Wild for me. It is a little better just simply because they took out the motion controls, but overall, I just don't know. I just don't know. So uh, I've played it for a little while. And it's the, it's the kind of game that, quite frankly, Diablo comes out here in a couple weeks. I might not end up completing Breath of the Wild at first to instead play Diablo. That That's what I'm thinking. And my streams are going to go probably go back to Jedi Survivor in, in the meantime as well. Because I did stream Zelda on Friday night, but uh, I, didn't, uh, I, I couldn't get off the, the, the stupid island to begin with. But and I have since, but uh, I think I'll go back to Jedi Survivor until uh, until Diablo comes out. So that being said, we're going to call it a day. Let's go ahead and call this uh, this wonderful little thing we call a podcast. I want to thank everyone for being here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, I have been growing lately with the podcast. I do appreciate that. The only way I'm going to get any better is with uh, getting ears and eyeballs on my 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 stuff. I really want uh, that to continue to to happen. I really want to to get better. I want to make a better product for you. And I want to uh, get used to making a better product for uh, for everybody, quite frankly, bringing even more people. So uh, if you have anything you want to talk to me about on Twitter, please let me know. You know, just hit, reach out to me there on Twitter. And if you want me to talk about a specific game or game series, go ahead and suggest it to me. I, I always uh, take into consideration um, suggestions, absolutely, especially if it's something I have a background with. If it's something that I don't, like, for instance, I have no background whatsoever on um, Fortnite. I've never played Fortnite. So if someone said, "Hey, Enigma, can you talk about Fortnite?" That would be a five-minute conversation because I've, <laughs> I've never, I've never played it, uh, or Apex for that matter. I've never played either of those. Uh, so, but if it's something that I, I have a background in, something I feel like I can turn into a podcast, we most certainly will uh, will turn that in. If it's something you want to see, I am a man of the people of nothing else. So. Um, Go ahead and do that, of course, uh, and of course, and of course, if you can drop in and talk to me on my streams, that'd be great too. I love uh, having people there; it makes everything more entertaining. If I feel like I have somebody that's actually listening to what I'm saying, quite frankly, I do silly voices. Yeah, I do the silly voice, the Seattle voice. You know, I'll do the Patrick Warburton a little bit there. I can do the Chicago fans, Chicago fans. Actually, when I was playing um, Tears of the Kingdom, I did uh, the the. Um, can't remember the dude's name, but the ghost guy uh, that you talked to in the first part of the game, he had a New York accent. He was like, Link, come on, do what you gotta do. We gotta hurry up. Princess Zelda's over there, so get off your rear end and go over there. Oh, your hand doesn't have enough power? You gotta go over here. You know, the thing, I just had a great time doing that. Uh, so I do the silly voices and, and uh, try to make you smile, try to make you laugh. That's uh, that's what's most important to to me, to be entertaining and to uh, you know share my love of gaming, because it's like I said it here at the beginning of, of the podcast. I want if I can make one person smile, I feel like I've done something great. And making it's so easy to make someone uh, feel bad, but it takes it, it takes some effort to make them f- feel good if they're having a bad day. And I want to make sure that I'm always there for you guys as much as I can to uh, lift you up if if possible. You know, I joke around about being an evil supervillain and things like that, and that's my gimmick, you know. Being a heel is my gimmick. It's Enigma's gimmick, you know what I mean? He's a heel. He just he goes heel on people. Um, that that's true, and and I, I have a good time with that. But the truth is, is that I really just want everyone to to feel good. And I know you can't make everybody happy, but uh, I I do my best to try. And 
you can go anywhere to, to feel miserable. You can just turn on the news. You can go on certain parts of Twitter. You can go, you know, you could uh, check out a, a website of your, your favorite news outlet or whatever, and you, you'll find a lot of stuff. You can go to a gaming blog, and there's a lot of negativity there. But um, it just, I don't, I'm not into that. I really want to make everyone smile and make, make you feel good. So uh, I do appreciate people who listen and people who say nice things. I know uh, a friend of mine said she listened to the podcast uh, for the first time this last uh, week. And she said, oh, it's, it's really good to listen to while you're driving. So it made me feel, you know, really good that people are listening and people are saying nice things. And, and if you have criticisms, I'm up to those too. I really am. Uh, I would love to get to a point where I can have people on and do that. And cause I'm sure there's other people who have opinions that matter <laughs> just as much, uh, if not more so than mine. But I know my podcast is just me rambling about games and entertainment and things like that. But it would be nice to maybe at some point get a co-host or something. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, And maybe I'll guest star in someone else's podcast. We'll see. But I, I really want to thank everyone for being here. I really hope that uh, I can entertain you and make you smile a little bit. And, uh, you know, reach out to me on social media. Reach out to me on, you know, I'm on Instagram as well, Evil Enigma. Reach out to me on my stream. You know, let me know what's on your mind. And if I can try to put a smile on your face, I most certainly will. But at the same time, uh, you, you know, I, I want to get to better. I want to grow. I want to do, I want everything to be sustainable. You know, I, I'm not uh, upset at the job that I have right now, I'm not hating it. I know uh, no one wants to work, but that's the difference that they call difference between work and play. But the truth is, is that uh, the, the end goal would still be for me to, at some point, become a full-time creator, and I'd love to do that. Uh, I'm a little up there in years, and I don't mind saying that every once in a while, I, my brain likes to remind me that uh, you know people in their 40s don't traditionally start streaming and become big but <laughs> or start content creation and become big but uh here i am at 47 years old i've been doing the podcast for almost a year i've been streaming for almost three years and uh yeah i have fun doing it i really do i have a good time and i hope you guys have a good time uh listening and have a good time watching me as well and i want to make sure i continually give you guys what you want so we're going to call it a day right now. Don't forget about kindrednations.com. You can go there and get yourself some hot sauce. Use the code Enigma for 10% off. And, uh, you know, talk to me on social media. Let me know what's going on. I will definitely, uh, I'm approachable. I'm friendly from what I've heard from other people say. I'm one of the more approachable streamers, one of the nicer streamers out there. So feel free to do so. I don't really have anything bad to say about anybody. So. We're going to call it. I hope you have a great and wonderful week. Check me out on Twitter. I will be there posting probably stupid memes and things like that. Hopefully I can make you laugh if possible. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much.